welcome to this week's episode of Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. This week, we have a very, very special guest. It's Alan Hoskins, Chief Hello, Officer Bruce. of the Healthcare Supply Association, and already enjoying retirement, the decision to retire. Yeah, hello, Bruce. Um, Great to be with you. Great to be with you today. So I I must say, first of all, in the first instance, we're um, I'm looking at Alan as we speak on on video, and Alan was was telling me about how he's got kind of a a sheet uh, behind him. And if anyone's familiar with the TV show Dexter, (laughs) it's uh, it's quite unnerving (laughs) seeing you in this sort of sheeted room. But anyway, Alan, I'm going to assume that's not part of what you plan to do in the future. Um, I suppose the best place to start is how does it feel already? How does the decision feel? I think the decision, you know, feels good. You know, it feels the right thing for me. Um, I think for everyone, you know, everyone's had a difficult year with COVID. We always end up talking about, you know, COVID. Um, Myself, I've been thinking for a couple of years I wanted to do something different but when you're in a job and you know you're continually um, putting the hours in you know running a large team it it does get to that point where you just don't have time I've always you know been involved with HCSA as well in some form so again that takes up you know personal time so you get to the point where you really can't find the time to look Um, and when you do you probably don't do it in the way that you probably you know want to do so now you know I've got the opportunity to look for that new challenge um, at my leisure really. I guess um, you know we've put it out on social media on our LinkedIn and our our Twitter account in uh, your news about the retirement and I'm guessing that it must have been really nice in a lot of messages that that have come in from people that you've obviously known a long time over social media what's it been like reading those messages? Oh, it's been, you know, quite emotional, really. Um, throughout my career, I've, I've worked with lots of really good people, um, you know, chief execs, finance directors, you know, clinicians, consultants, doctors, you, you name them. I probably worked with, uh, you know, a lot of them over my career. And to get the chief exec take the time to drop you a note and say, you know, thanks for everything you've done, you know, enjoy your retirement. It really does mean a lot. And people I've worked with in the past, um, they may have been, you know, a store person, you know, a supply chain guy or a buyer you know, or, you know, one of the girls in the office. And to get those sorts of messages through Facebook and all the media that's out there, it's been absolutely, you know, great, really. You know, it's really made a difference. I guess the best way to start off is looking back a bit. I suppose it's it's three plus decades that you've yeah. gone to, to, to the industry. Can you think of any immediate achievements that stand out what would you be most when you look back over those 30 plus years what would stand out to you what would you be most proud of what, what have you been thinking about perhaps in the last few days after you announced the time yeah I, I suppose I'd probably go to the current day you know with the COVID you know everything that went on there um, the vaccination centres I think the, the teams across the NHS made a massive difference and I think everyone should you know pat themselves on the back in respect of that um, as you then go back through you know just setting up the team in Portsmouth rebuilding not just a organisation for Portsmouth but beyond Portsmouth as a collaborative organisation 
you know, those sorts of things, you know, starting near enough from a, a piece of blank paper um, and then, you know, building that, that team. And as you go on back through, when I was um, at Southampton, um, before that with NHS Supplies and you know, a number of other organisations, it's very much about, you know, leaving one organisation. And when I joined Southampton, you know, I was on my own, no team, um, with a, a office space and told equip it and get it up and running. And we did that, you know, had a great team, you know, at the time. And to be fair, you know, I've been very, very lucky in my career. And, you know, I've always had, you know, really good teams around me. Because it's not about you as, you know, the lead or you as the, the person. It's those people that make it work. You know, that's where the buzz comes from. You know, you're there to, um, you know, help the younger, you know, members of the team or, you know, encourage and, you know, and all those sorts of things. You know, you're not there to be, you know, beating a stick or, you know, shouting, saying, why haven't we done this? You know, it's, it's not that really. One of the things that came up, you know, from people talking and, and, and comments, um, actually since I've been working with the HSA, is that you've always been someone that's been very welcoming to new people coming into the industry yeah. at, the, at the, the low end. And, and doing this, this uh, podcast, doing Spycast, been fortunate enough to, to talk to people who are at both ends of the scale in terms of, of their career in the industry, you know, yeah. who are in senior positions, more closer to the end at the beginning. And um, and those that are fairly recently uh, into the sector and into NHS procurement, what would you say to them, you know, if, if they are, those ones are looking to stay in there and perhaps attain the kind of seniority that you have, what yeah. would, advice would you give them in, in terms of trying to create that pathway for themselves? Yeah, I, I would say to, you know, a lot of the younger people coming through and, and I have done over many years, you know, don't rush, you know, learn your trade. You know, don't think that you're a band two or band three today and you're going to be a band nine, you know, or a VSM or a director in the future without understanding, you know, the fundamentals that go into, you know, what really makes a contract? Where are the pitfalls? You know, what does a supply chain look like? How does it work? you know, all those different things. So if you get the opportunity, move around the organisation and learn in all, you know, from all aspects, you know, from contracting operational supply chain, you know, the management, the administrative piece that sits behind it, you know, just look at everything really. Do you have any particular individuals that perhaps have been close to you along your path in your career in the NHS that you saw coming maybe at some point in your career that you've been... Yeah proud to see develop into where they are now to do any does anybody in particular spring to mind or any yeah yeah absolutely there, there is a number of them to be fair but there is one guy um his name's barend henning he now mm -hmm. works um in a csu and barend he knocked on our door one day and said you know i'm happy to i'm really looking to get into procurement i'm happy to work for free can i come and work mm -hmm. for you and you know for someone to offer you know just to bang <laughs> on the door and say i want to work Especially in the NHS, someone turning up off to work for free, you must have bitten the hand off. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he came, you know, he was absolutely fantastic. I spent, you know, a lot of time, you know, with him when he was with us. Um, and eventually, you know, he outgrew where we were. But that, again, is something that is really important. Don't feel that you have to stay in the same organisation. I think, you know, the future, we need to move people around. You know, we used to have schemes and you know, processes, graduate, graduate type um, programs. And we, I know we're looking at those again as part of the PTON mm -hmm. process. 
it is really important that you know that that moving around that learning from different leadership styles and that sort of thing is really really important in the three plus decades that you've been within the industry yeah. how do you feel the industry as a as a whole has, has changed um you know these are the kind of questions that i think people want to want to hear one of the yeah. problems are that you have at times is that because COVID has cast such an enormous cloud over things that it's almost everything is now seen through the prism of, of COVID. Like, for example, I asked you about your greatest achievements. And in a way, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a question, it's a fait accompli, the yeah. answer, because it's going to be connected to, to COVID and the PPE situation and all that. But how do you think the industry gone on to, has been supercharged a little bit in terms of development because of COVID, as it has for many, many industries, whether it's, it's healthcare, retail, whoever you want to, whatever industry you want to talk about. How do you think the industry has changed in your time there? If you like, just before, prior to a, a year ago when COVID really hit, so in that sort of period. Yeah, I, I think when you look at the system, um, you know, there's been this evolution from, um, you know, particularly in procurement to this back office that was slung at the back of, you know, usually in a dungeon somewhere in a cellar, you know, never to see the light of day. Yeah. Um, and I think there's recognition that the value that procurement brings and and you've seen procurement come out of those basements and become, you know, if you look at Manchester and Simon Walsh and his team, you know, they have really nice offices. They, you know, they're seen as, you know, really important. And that's the same for many, many teams, you know, around the country. When you look at the the National Council and the, you know, the leaders that are on there in the regions, you know, they're all from, you know, organisations where, they want to make a difference and they see the value of you know, HCSA and, you know, and those sorts of things. Well, why do you think procurement was taken, as you say, from kind of the back, the dungeon and pushed forward? Do you yeah. think, was that just because so much about the NHS became about cost savings and you know, value for money and stuff like that? Was it just because of that or were there other reasons? that? I don't think people understood it. And I think the people that understood it early, you know, made the big differences. So, you know, I worked in an organisation with, with a group of trusts, as did many of my colleagues across the country, where, you know, chief execs, finance directors, they started to understand it. Clinicians, you know, and clinicians are key in this. Clinicians started to understand that they could still get everything they wanted when they spoke to us. And actually, they probably got more than what they would have got if they hadn't spoken to us. So, you know, I think those sorts of things you know, have changed over the years. Do you have, what kind of an angle do you have in terms of the future? Do you see a way in which you would like to see procurement, healthcare procurement uh, advance? I mean, there's a lot of talk at the moment with the green paper, haven't we? And there's yeah. lots of talks about things changing and, um, you know, VPP and stuff like that. How would you like to see it change? How would you like to see, say, in the next five years, how do yeah. you like the things progress from? I guess a lot of it will progress from the starting point of the ashes of COVID in many yeah. ways. But how, how would you like to see things being done differently in the next, say, five years? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, PTOM and ICSs and, you know, integrated care system, they, they are the future. You know, when you start to look at that little NHS, you know, blue logo, we are one NHS, but we do not purchase and use the power that we have as the one NHS to do what needs to be done. And I think, you know, we have to get to that point where um, 
people get involved, you know, people take it seriously that we've got a NHS pound and we need to get the most out of that NHS pound. So the only way we're going to do that is come together. That's not to say that, you know, people aren't getting fantastic pricing now, but the NHS is not getting the best price. And the trouble is, you know, with foundation trust, with the system, the way that the money is, you know, divvied up, there is something to say that might need to change in some way, you know, to get to that point. But there is absolutely um, a need to get to the best value out of the NHS pound. What do you think you'll miss most at industry? Um, about the NHS, um, the long hours, um, you know, I'm not going to miss. Um <laughs> sat trying to you know find another million pounds um i'm probably not going to miss i'm going to miss the contact with the clinical teams you know yeah. the staff i'm going to miss suppliers because you know in reality suppliers are there and they want to help and i think we have to get closer to the supplier community um we've done a lot of that you know with um you know a number of our corporate partners uh, uh, you know especially um, we've got some new uh, partners coming on, which, you know, be announced shortly. I think those sorts of things really make a difference. I love, you know, and enjoyed working with the teams that I've worked with. I think, you know, I will miss that camaraderie and not to mention COVID really. But, you know, the reason we go back to COVID is the camaraderie and the coming together across the NHS was significant. It's something that I don't think I've ever seen in the way that people work together. So I think we need to continue that. But again, we reflect on it because in 36 years, I have never, ever in my whole procurement career encountered anything like that. So yeah. there are some massive lessons to learn, you know, and if we learn them, then we'll be you know, in a very good place for anything that comes around the corner in the future. And they say, don't they, that traumatic experiences bring people closer together. So yeah. I, I think I think that's probably right. I think procurement teams are going to be closer than ever going into the, the future, those ones that have experienced the last the last yeah. year. Going to switch into the Healthcare Supply Association now, which, of course, yeah. um, you've been chief officer of for, for, for how long? Um, I've, been the, I've been the chief officer for about four years, I think it is now. Four years as yeah. Chief Officer of the Healthcare Supply Association. Um, how, how's that been? How, how, what, what achievements do you look back on in those four years? What are you most yeah. proud of? What are your feelings I, looking back at those? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you look at HCSA, it has come a long way in the last three or four years. And that's not just down, you know, to me and, you know, what I wanted to, you know, get out of and, and, and give back to members. You know, when you look at the trustees, you look at the charities, you look at the National Council, as it's called now, um, as a team, um, particularly, you know, and my thanks goes out to people like yourself and the executive team for, you know, it's made a massive difference. You know, just having you involved in things has made a massive, massive difference to yeah, everything that we do. Um, I haven't signed, paid you to say that. Yeah, no, you've not paid me at all. You know, Simon, Simon Walsh, you know, he's my deputy. Um, absolutely, you know, top guy. You know, I've never, you know, worked with someone like Simon. Um, and I wish I had done, you know, met him earlier in my career, although I've known him for many, many years. Um, but, you know, again, um, Kath and Tiny, you, you can't take away... Yeah you know, what goes on in the background, you know, with those uh, individuals. The, the, work, the work, I mean, I, I work with Kath and Tanya a lot, as you know. And yeah. The work that they do is, is, is you know, the commitment, 
outstanding. Yeah. Um, the amount of hours, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always getting messages from Tony at like one in the morning. I'm one of those guys yeah. still up at that time usually. Um, and um, yeah, their commitment, absolutely superb. But I agree. I mean, I can talk because I'm kind of like one foot in, one foot out situation. Yeah. So having spoken to them, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal um, team there that, that is there at HTSA, as you say, behind the scenes, as well as at the forefront. Yeah, but it does look, yeah, it does look different. It feels different. HCSA today feels very different. You know, we've got a long way, you know, a long way to go. And, you know, in the years that follow, you know, I think we will make a, you know, a really good place. You know, I think we're, we're looking to get to 3,061 members um, by, you know, conference. So, you know, I, I really believe we're going to do it. I think the younger generation, you know, the call out is for teams, not just to be the, you know, the head of service, um, you know, as a member. But if you've got 30 staff, get them all involved, you know, get sure. them on the mailing list, you know, let's start building programs that really resonate with those individuals, you know, and that's very clearly, you know, I never said Mark Iverson's name earlier, so I can't miss him out. But L&D is critical to, you know, everything that we do. So that's a quite a good opportunity for me. So I was just going to say a little something about the upcoming summer conference, which is on June 17th. Worth saying at this point that if you're a full member, there are free tickets available for you still. So make sure you get on those ASAP or you'll miss what is a fantastic looking agenda. And I think maybe you're, you might even hear a important announcement from Alan at that as well. But if we look at, just to finish on HCSA for a second here, as you say about going forward and uh, you know with the with the uh, association what do you think if you had to say to someone who was new to the industry new, new to the nhs procurement what would you say to them succinctly to explain why that they should join the hsa why they should be a member and why it's going to be important to them on their career path the career path that obviously you've tried very successfully yeah, I think, you know, HCSA, um, it will be a platform, it will be a resource that they will be able to use and tap into. It has other members. And the biggest thing I found in my career was a network of people that you can talk to, a network of people that you can bring together at a point in your life when you need a, a certain level of support or a different level of support. And that's what we do through PDP as well. We build um, you know, people, we put groups of 36 people together and then year after year, they stay in touch and they continue as I did with, you know, I went to Nottingham probably 36 years ago um, and did my HCSA um, PDP um, at the time and still in touch with people, you know, from that. So, you know, that, that's what it's all about, really. It would be very remiss if we didn't now have a look at what... Alan Hoskins is in retirement is going to be like <laughs> now the, <laughs> the one thing that comes up I was just thinking to myself actually before we started recording that obviously I did a one-on-one -on -one with you fairly early on when we were doing the yeah. podcast so I've already asked you about what you would take to a desert island so I'm not going to ask you to come up with new stuff <laughs> that would be ridiculous <laughs> can you remember what it was I'm not even going to try and style it out. Um, no, 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 I've got no idea what I said. I could have cheated and listened back to see if it was. I'm not sure. I can't quite remember what it what it was. But if you go to Spotify or wherever you get your podcast yeah. to listen to, you're 
you can find Alan's earlier one and find out exactly what he would have taken, <laughs> what he is planning to take in a desert island. Now, I'm assuming you're not going to retire to a desert island because I, I'm yet to see a golf course in a desert island. I understand golf might be playing quite, quite a key role going forward. I asked you about your handicap before we came on air and it was 28, I think you said. Did you say yeah, I, yeah, I said I was not a good golfer. I think is yeah, what I said. But, but, you know, as everybody knows, practice makes perfect when it comes to golf, doesn't it? So are you, are you going to set yourself any little goals for your handicap? Yeah, I, I think um, if I, if, when I start playing, I really hope that, you know, I will drop it, you know, within a year, I'd be down to 20. But let, let's see, you know, what happens. Do you have a golfing hero? Do you have a... No, I, I don't really. Stands out? No, I'd probably say Mark Yeah, I'd probably say Mark Ibbotson. You know, <laughs> oh, really? What's Mark's handicap? Me get it right, it would be upset. Yeah, he's something like six or seven, six, six or eight Goodness or something me. like that. Good yeah. to see. An old industry I used to work in, we used to do a conference in North America every year. And in that particular industry, it was connected to tech. Everyone was into golf, you know, all the sort of senior management into golf. So every uh, conference that we had was built around having a, a golf game in on the second morning, second morning of the conference. And that industry had two guys. One was called Mark Farnham and another one was called Todd Moses. Now, Mark Farnham, both of them played off scratch. Uh-huh. They were like, Mark Farnham had been on the PGA Tour briefly and could hit a ball 400 yards. <laughs> and Todd Moses was a, scratch, was a scratch golfer as well. So I, I mean, again, I've not played golf in a long time, but I used to, you know, I used to play, keep, keep my eye on that sort of thing. I would say that I've got a decent short game, but um, anyone can, you know, it's anyone's guess where my drives are going to go. <laughs> um, but what I would say is, as intimidating as it was, playing with people like that, it's one of those things that did improve my game, knowing you're that quality, of course. So my question is, are you planning golf with Mark Ibbotson a lot? Uh, not, not too much because he's in, you know, he's in Sheffield and I'm on the South right. Coast. But, right. you know, I've got friends you know, a lot more local to me. So I will yeah. be you know, finding time to get out and you know, play, really. You know what? Give it, give it a couple of years and I reckon you might give Mark a game. You never yeah, know. Definitely. You never know. <laughs> so just before we leave things, Alan, what about... We know in, in, in your, um, your in the statement that we, that we put out from HTSA that you've spoken about being willing to listen if anyone's got any ideas about opportunities, that kind of thing. Do you, for the future, do you have anything, things you might want to take on in the future outside um, of getting the handicap down? Yeah, you know, I think anything that, you know, I, I really enjoy working with suppliers. You know, I enjoy helping people build, you know, systems and processes, mm-hmm. you know, leadership and those sorts of things. So, you know, I've already had a few you know, offers come in, so I'm just looking through to determine what the next steps are, really. I'm sure everyone will be very keen to see what, what happens next, Alan. So I, I think we've covered everything there. It's been really great talking to you. Thanks for taking the time to, to talk about this at, you know, at such an important time as well. Um, stay tuned for the HSA Summer Conference on June 17th, where I believe Alan's going to be making... Uh, a speech that obviously no more than a miss and uh yeah thanks again Ellen, and enjoy the next stage the next stage of the evolution of Alan Hoskins definitely thank you very much Bruce thank you
Thanks, Bruce. Thanks very much. Okay, thanks. That's the that's this episode of the of the Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. And I look forward to you listening again next week. Thank you.